Hi, everybody. My name is Sabrina, but I go by Sab. Uh, my pronouns are she, they. Uh, yeah, and I'm an international digital sex worker on OnlyFans. Yeah, so mm. I was wondering, how did you actually start with mm -hmm. uh, sex work? So I started in late 2019 to early 2020. And I was on OnlyFans until like this June, July officially. I stopped then. And yeah, it was like way easier to start before the pandemic because it created a platform for me and that a lot of people joined without having like the traffic, you know, because like during the pandemic, celebrities, everyone was on oh. OnlyFans, like literally your mom, like everyone, the dog even at one point, you know, like <laughs> everyone was on OnlyFans. Yeah. And it created like such a big saturation of the market and it was super difficult to make money and to have money come into your bank how it normally was. And so that was like one of like a struggle that I was like, mm, okay, like the pandemic, I understand because obviously full service sex workers couldn't work. So the other alternative is porn or like online sex work, you know? And so, yeah, it was like way easier then, which I really, really liked. And that made me start it because no one was on it. I was the only person I knew like in the Netherlands that was on it before the pandemic. So it was really nice to like meet other sex workers in like France and like, you know, like in Singapore and everything and actually talk to them and be able to like create a network internationally. But yeah, that's, Damn, that's when I that started. super exciting. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah, and how was kind of uh, the mm -hmm. first steps within the industry? I can imagine, mm -hmm. like, you just said that mm -hmm. you didn't know anyone who was doing no, it. No, yeah. So it's quite, like, I, I would assume for me personally, mm -hmm. it would be quite overwhelming. Like, oh, yeah. what steps do I need oh to take God, to yeah. succeed? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I reached out to another sex worker. And I think at the time she was in Belgium or France. And I like obviously reached out to her and I was like, please give me all the tips. Yeah, I'm like, hello. And she was kind enough to give me a step by step on what to do and what not to do. And then from there, like I followed her work and then I followed like everything that she's been doing. And then I was kind of like, okay, how can I implement it into my style? So from there, I found my style, my niche, my themes, you know. And yeah, without her, I don't think um, I would be able to yeah. do any of this. Yeah, so I was um, thinking about mm -hmm. how I personally perform mm -hmm. sexuality. Mm -hmm. So basically, I notice when, for example, I'm going home to Luxembourg, mm -hmm. that I perform my sexuality and my queerness mm -hmm. very differently. Or if I'm in a queer-friendly space, mm -hmm. uh, if I'm in like a group of friends, it's mm -hmm. always very kind of specific to mm -hmm. the context and to the environment. So I was wondering... How do you see OnlyFans? Do you feel mm -hmm. like it's a space where you perform a specific sexuality? Mm -hmm. Or do you think it's a space where you can freely express yourself mm -hmm. and kind of actually represent your sexuality? Yeah. I think it's mostly... Okay, so first of all, I'm queer. And so OnlyFans kind of like caters towards men mostly. I have like about five women on there and so it's like most of my content is catered towards men so I don't really explore like with girls or anything and it's mostly solo content I've only done once with a man and another one with a girl and it was like obviously the man got more attention because you know it's a very like cis heteronormative you know platform to be on so I don't think I could actually explore as much as I wanted to and it was like I have like a um like a persona on there you know And it was like the girl next door persona. So it was kind of like catered towards men and, you know, kind of like the, oh my God, I'm so shy, like so sweet when I'm not like that in real life at all. So, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah definitely. 
but um, basically, mm-hmm. um, yeah, as we just talked about how we perform sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you say that you um, that your queerness isn't really like part mm-hmm. of that sexuality on OnlyFans? Oh, fans? definitely, definitely. I think people who follow me on Instagram know that I'm queer, mm-hmm. but on OnlyFans, I keep it very private. You know. So it's like um, when they see me doing a photo shoot, like with a girl, they just assume that it's like girl next door vibes, you know, yeah. like bestie vibes only yeah, yeah. when it's not, you know. So that's just kind of how it is. And I'm not super like upset about it that a lot of people don't know I'm queer on there. It's just at the end of the day, it's job. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah, it's like going no, to yeah. work. Yeah. And having to like put your best customer service self on and put your best work self on. Yeah. Totally, so, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, maybe adding to that, because I personally feel very empowered when I Mm -hmm. um, perform my sexuality, because, I mean, it's nice to feel appreciated Mm -hmm. and whatever. So I was wondering if um, sex work actually gives you a sense of empowerment, or Mm -hmm. because often people think about it being kind of like... Forced. Yeah, yeah. like it feels very kind of negative. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, how does it actually feel to do a sex work okay um fucking positive first of all great great and um yeah so initially when i was younger i had a really bad relationship with my body i was very insecure about my physical appearance about my height like everything about myself that i really didn't even feel comfortable like going out i was very in my shell you know and when i started sex work i initially did nude modeling when i was about like 19 and by then my insecurity has already like been smaller you know I was still insecure but not to the point that I wouldn't appreciate myself so it was really nice when I did my first nude modeling it was in a very safe space it was with a photographer that was also a friend of mine in Malaysia and yeah it was such an amazing experience and I kept working with him for like about a year and I didn't have only fans then it was just kind of like yeah I'm like I was just selling pics on snapchat you know And um, from then on, I became way more comfortable with my body. You know, I became that I had a connection with my body because that's my job Mm -hmm. to be able to like be empowered and be fulfilled with myself and be connected with my sexuality and with my body. And it made everything so much easier because at first I was a bit like struggling. Okay, oh, what poses do I have to do? Like what content do I have to do? Oh, I don't want to show like my feet, for example, because I was insecure about that. And now it's like I embraced every single part of my body and sex work helped me do that. That's so nice. Yeah. That's so beautiful, honestly. Thank you. Thank no, you. I, I think that's a notion that's mm-hmm. like I, I sometimes, for example, also mm-hmm. feel like disconnected from my mm-hmm. body. And it's so nice that through like working with your body yeah. and like, yeah, just focusing mm-hmm. on your body that you can find that uh, again. Mm-hmm. And especially with... Uh, digital sex mm-hmm. work I think it's often very connected to making images mm-hmm. and taking making videos and whatever yeah so um I I was wondering how that daily confrontation mm-hmm. with your body image actually changes or shifts your relation to your body because mm-hmm. like you have to look at yourself yeah, quite a lot of course, I assume of course so yeah let me think about that question. Yeah, sorry, sorry. It's a hard one. No, it's okay. But it, it just mm-hmm. came to my mind because I think mm-hmm. everyone has done a body pic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Very Let honestly, me write this down. Like mm-hmm. quite some people did. And mm-hmm. I think everyone has struggled yeah, with course. taking such a picture because you want to 
look a specific mm-hmm. way and then you're confronted with as well. the reality yeah. to a certain degree definitely definitely yeah. like i said about like i'm being insecure and feeling empowered after sex work it kind of feels the same with my body you know because i have to deal with it every single day because it's mm-hmm. my job you know and so if i don't then it's kind of like okay like what do i do now Does that makes sense So my relationship with my body has been really good right now. Every time I took a photo, every time I did like a shoot, I felt so comfortable because not only was the environment a safe space, but I was also a safe space for myself, if that makes sense, because I feel connected with my body. And in a way, sex work has also helped me deal with like a lot of body trauma, a lot of sexual traumas. And when I got through that, it was like I feel completed. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for sex work because I had such a bad relationship with sex that it was like, you know, it was so challenging to even start it. But then when I started it, I learned so much. And I also voice it on my like platform on OnlyFans. I do a lot of like different like educational talks on like consent, on sexual healing, on trauma. Oh, damn. <laughs> because yeah. I also want my subscribers to understand where I'm coming from as a human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like once they connect it with me on an emotional level as well, then they kind of see my body as like my person and not just, you know, an object. Yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. I love to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, that makes me also wondering, mm-hmm. um, because I think a lot of people don't mm-hmm. really know how OnlyFans works. Mm-hmm. Do you mind shortly explaining of how course. the exchange or interactions mm-hmm. actually um, happen? Okay. Well, um, so they can subscribe to your account for a specific amount of money. If I'm not mistaken, the minimum a subscription amount is five US dollars. So it's all in US dollars. Mm-hmm. And mine used to be 20 and then it was 15 and now it's 12 because I'm not as active, but people can still look through my archives. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so like when people subscribe, uh, they can tip because you can tip under posts, you can comment, it's like Instagram, you know, like you can mm-hmm. like, comment, and you can also di- like direct message, like a private message. And normally people who message me privately always pay extra. So this is like more of like the sex work part because someone would be like, oh, could I have like a video of you masturbating? You know, like stuff like that because I don't normally show it on my page Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I want people to pay extra for that, obviously, you know, like obviously. Get your your money. Exactly, exactly. And so people would pay about like 15 US dollars for like a three minute video of me like, I don't know, I had someone asking for like a pee video. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and like a yoga yeah. video, like a sweaty, hot yoga nude. I had someone ask for like a strip video. So, you know, it's like, they yeah. they pay, they pay. Exactly, so. an oil video. But like, obviously, I've also like denied some requests because I'm just kind of like, boundaries. Um, yeah. Boundaries. But aside from that, like most of the private messages are more like the porn part. For mm. me, at least. And I know some other um, OnlyFans creators, some other sex workers, they have the porn part as like their wall and the private stuff is more like and with another person do you know what i mean yeah yeah so there's like so many different dynamics so many different exchanges that it's not like monolithic you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like everyone sees OnlyFans differently there's like foot fetish OnlyFans. there's pay pigs there's people that only post like their mouth for example you know and so yeah it's super interesting to see all of these different creators coming together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, now you kind of talked about mm-hmm. different things that you did, like, um, while pe- because people actually mm-hmm. requested them. So I'm wondering, 
did your relationship to sexuality mm -hmm. in itself also change because Absolutely, you kind of had to yeah. explore it and see Absolutely, where like yeah. it takes you through the mm -hmm. work before this like i would say before only fans i only had vanilla sex which never made me come because mm -hmm. i didn't understand ethical sex i didn't understand communication i didn't understand needs you know And with sex work, like talking to this, these different people, I explored a lot of BDSM. I explored like peeing sex, you know, I explored all kinds of things like pegging and everything. And if it wasn't for OnlyFans, I would still be having zero communication skills, no idea what my needs are and having like bad sex for the rest of my life because I wasn't able to change it for me, you yeah, know, and damn. like these people requesting all these crazy things I could try out and I could say, oh, wow, I actually really enjoyed that. You know, I really enjoyed the candles and I, yeah, and it was amazing being able to explore and find my own path while also doing the work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's so, so like, so fun mm -hmm. that like, I just feel like sometimes people are scared to explore mm -hmm. and it's so inspiring to hear that. Mm -hmm. why shouldn't you just do it exactly just do it. because yeah. then you can decide if you actually like it or not you know what i mean and a lot of like people in my circle also experience that you know not understanding like their needs and the fulfillment of sex and the communication part because for me sex is literally anything it's not just penetration it's not just like very cis heteronormative sex it's all kinds of sex that you decide what is sex or not making out can be sex literally peeing on someone is sex you know like walking someone around the park is sex yeah yeah. And, so, yeah yeah and it made me like really change the definition of sex for myself and for like people subscribing to me to yeah. see that you know we don't live in a cis heteronormative world anymore no no that's over mm -hmm. that's over exactly exactly yeah. And uh, maybe adding to that, because mm -hmm. you've kind of seen that both sides. Mm -hmm. Like previously, you were also kind of, I don't know, restricting yourself mm -hmm. to a certain mm -hmm. degree. And then afterwards, you mm -hmm. kind of liberated or yeah, explored more. So I'm wondering, why do you think um, a lot of people restricting themselves when it comes to sexuality? <laughs> I'm not sure. Do you have a thought uh -huh. on that? Well... Of course, like for everyone, it's different. But I yeah. feel like the biggest part of like restricting the sex part is the stigma. Oh, my goodness. Like the stigma with sex and it's even more with sex work, you know, it's like triple the stigma. And with sex, it's kind of like, okay, you have sex to make babies. Mm. You know what I mean? I was taught that in religious school. I went to religious school. It was a Muslim <laughs> religious school, guys. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And like having to grow up with the idea that sex equals like making babies. Sex is not for your pleasure. A lot of people grow up in that environment. A lot of people until now, even like my parents, you know, going to call them out here. They still think that like sex is just not for pleasure. Sex is just for making babies and then you know, pleasure doesn't actually exist. And having to grow up in that environment, obviously, like until now, the thinking goes on and the stigma, they pass it on to their kids, they pass it on to their friends, their neighbors, you know? And there's a stigma that will never die because it's not taught in schools, it's not taught in like textbooks and everything. So yeah, that's like one of the biggest ones, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, I always think it's so shocking that mm -hmm. sex isn't equalized with pleasure, mm -hmm. which seems so obvious. Yeah. But in the end, 
because we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. because we don't really address it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, people don't associate it to pleasure no, because you would talk not. about pleasure. Exactly. So I think just talking about it, like, reframes it already. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like, it's all, I also implement it in everything that I do. From like conversations with my family to conversations with my friends to the dates that I've been on. Like even like the first date, I always communicate my sexual needs. You know, always, literally always as we're drinking a beer, like way before I even go to this person's house, you know. Yeah, yeah. I like always, always communicate it. And I always make sure that we're on the same page sexually because otherwise it wouldn't work. And I'm not here to have worse sex. I'm here to have better sex and to explore and to create a great connection with someone or multiple people even, you know. But yeah, <laughs> I love to hear that. No, mm-hmm. because in the end, as I said, like I think it's all about just talking about mm-hmm. it and appreciating pleasure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, as we already quite elaborated mm-hmm. on, but sex work is so connected to your body and mm-hmm. to yourself and to your inner world. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering kind of, How do you think is sex work and self-love interconnected Mm. and also interdependent? Mm -hmm. Amazing question. It's literally so important. So for me, self-care is creating a boundary between sex, like sex work in my private life. So self-care isn't like literally doing skincare and like, you know, like relaxing in front of TV, even though like for some people it is. For me, that's like creating the boundary because I want to be able to like have like a relaxing day off without thinking that equates to like um good marriage if that makes sense like oh i deserve a day off no like i want a day off i need a day off you know and it can be a week and can be a five month self-care which i'm doing right now you know and it's just creating boundaries between work and your private life and being able to put your needs first no matter what it is i need some of that attitude (laughs) no i think what Mm -hmm. you just said about that's you you shouldn't feel like oh mm-hmm. I earned a day no, off, of course, but no. I I I'm worth you want it. it. Like yeah. I want it and exactly. I need it. Exactly. And yeah. I think like it's so like toxic like hustle culture to be like okay now that I've done like fifty thousand things I finally have the evening off. Mm-hmm. No, you should have an evening off every fucking day. You know what I mean? Like because you need to be able to care for your body. Otherwise, your mental state is not good at all. If your physical is weak, your mental is weak, and vice versa. You know, and creating the boundary is one of the most important self-care thing that I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if I'm like traveling or if I'm, you know, taking like three weeks off, like don't text me, don't call me, don't ask me for anything. And I always like, like put it on a post like the day before my OnlyFans being like, I'm offline until this much, until further notice, you know, and people respect that because otherwise like they get blocked. So Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's all about communication. Exactly. I think, exactly. So I I really love that you're just saying it and then like respect mm-hmm. this and then the discussion exactly. is over. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why like a corporate job <laughs> would not suit me <laughs> at I, all. Honestly, does a corporate mm-hmm. job suit anyone? No, like, it doesn't. It's like nine to five and just forcing yourself for mm. fucking not even minimum wage like but maybe mm-hmm. uh like going back to um you working on OnlyFans mm-hmm. or having worked on OnlyFans mm-hmm. um that's a digital job mm-hmm. so I'm wondering uh how easy is it to establish those boundaries mm-hmm. and to to stop thinking about mm-hmm. it because I think a lot of people 
kind of have that place where they yeah. work and they go, they go, go home, home yeah. and then you can easily separate mm-hmm. it. But if you work digitally, I kind of imagine mm-hmm. that it's quite it's like, like omnipresent. Harder, yeah, it's very like omnipresent, like you said, because everywhere you go you can always access it do you know what i mean you could be in the bathroom taking a shit and accessing it you could be like at someone's house you got notifications yeah i do but i turned it off i think the first two months i had notifications and it was just like all the time like messages likes comments and it was like instagram you know it's Mm -hmm. like you kind of like have to respond immediately in a way but then now I implemented that I respond from like a certain time, from like um, oh. 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I respond and then I don't. But then I also put that in my like private life. Like if it's urgent, call me. If it's not, don't call or text me until tomorrow. You know, like, and it really helps because I want like the seven to or like six to whatever morning for myself. I want to just do whatever I want to do, you know, take a nap, go ride a bicycle, I don't know, anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's like really, really important to establish that routine and not have your phone and like your work be the only thing in your life. Even if it's not sex work, it could be like, yeah, any job, but if it consumes you to the extent where you can't breathe, then you need to reevaluate your work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think it's uh like I really like that you're also mm-hmm. take what you learned from yeah, your job yeah. into your private life definitely because definitely. like i especially now during the pandemic mm-hmm. i felt like a lot of people were quite overwhelmed by mm-hmm. social interactions mm-hmm. by expectations of friends exactly and, like, miscommunication mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. so i think it's very nice to hear what oh, you just said you, yeah So we've been quite on a journey from the inner to the mm-hmm. outer so far. So I was thinking, yeah, how was your social circle reacting to mm-hmm. you becoming a sex worker? So for me, of course, my friends were completely fine with it. And the people that weren't, obviously, like I had to cut them out, you know, <laughs> literally. And so for me, it was really easy because my friends would do the research and they would actually educate themselves. And they only came to me when they couldn't find the answers on Google, you know. Basically, I also noticed that mm-hmm. as a queer person myself, mm-hmm. we do quite some free labor yeah. by just explaining to mm-hmm. people what issues we face or what perspectives we have and mm-hmm. whatever. So it's quite fun to see that your friends actually notice that and just do the work by themselves. Of course, because too many activists are doing free labor and when they should be charging for their time, their work, you know, and people expect for education, especially with issues of sex work, with issues of like being queer. It's like, no, you pay me for my work. If you want me to answer your questions, if you want me to give you like a whole research, like pay me the hourly rate wage. Otherwise, don't contact me at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And uh, mm-hmm. like thinking about that, uh, your parents, they currently live in Abu Dhabi, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, uh, how did that um, exchange mm-hmm. about your work uh, oh my go? God. <laughs> yeah. So they obviously don't know like that I'm like a sex worker. They think I'm a nude model because it's way more acceptable in the sense, you know. So, of course, for them, it's like, oh, she's a nude model. You know, she would never do that. So I couldn't change their mind in like a week. Do you know what I mean? Like the stigma and the stereotype is so ingrained in their head that from like their baby until now they believe that so to just change it with like my research and everything it doesn't work like that 
So I don't really think that it's necessary to talk to them about it because I'm making my own money. I'm independent, and my sisters know, and that's all that's important to me is for my two younger sisters to know my job, what I'm doing, and respect it. And they're also like now trying to be activists as well, and it's super amazing to see that for them. Oh, love that! Yeah, yeah, love that. yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, which is so important to at least have like one member of your family supportive and knowing what you're doing for safety reasons as well. So yeah, I'm so so blessed to have my sisters. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So basically, uh, because your parents or your family is currently mm-hmm. located in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. and you sometimes also travel back home, mm-hmm. so how does that change your identity and that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course. Like I do not bring that identity with me of being a sex worker to Abu Dhabi or Malaysia. It's something that I keep separate. You know, it's kind of like when I go back home to see my family, I'm their child. I'm just Sabrina. You know what I mean? There's no, like, queer identity. There's no nothing. The only identity I have is just their daughter. Because obviously, like, I would like to see my sisters still, and they live in Abu Dhabi with my parents. So if I want to see my sisters, then I have to, I guess, comply with, like, a set of box rules. You know what I mean? To just be, like, super heteronormative. And that's something that I can live with because I don't live there. I'm only visiting for two, three weeks maximum, you know? I can, like, like ignore that identity and then come back to the Netherlands and pick it up again, you know? Um, yeah, so at first I wanted to take all of my identity with me and expect my family to be open-minded, even though, like, it's super hard to convince, you know? So at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, for my mental peace and for my sake, I would just forget about those identities and then pick it up where I leave it in the Netherlands. So, yeah. No, I think as mm-hmm. a as a queer person myself, mm-hmm. I can very much relate to as, that yeah, when I, I go back home, even though, like, mm-hmm. I'm from Luxembourg and... Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, that's a very different situation than if we talk about whatever Mm -hmm. other country. I think that's just valid for... For for sure, for sure. But it's always important just Mm -hmm. to keep your own safety also in mind. Oh, definitely, definitely. And of course, like in Abu Dhabi and in Malaysia, it's illegal to be queer and it's illegal to be a sex worker. So I know that if if my well-being is threatened, if I'm in a place where violence happens every day to people in my community, why would I go there and like expose myself and subject myself to the violence when I have the chance to hide it and not many people have the chance so for me I'm privileged enough to be able to pick and choose which a lot of people especially a lot of sex workers a lot of people in the LGBTQI plus community they don't have that privilege that I do And uh, yeah, to maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> as one of our last questions, actually, I have only two left. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was wondering mm-hmm. uh, because we've been talking quite a lot mm-hmm. about um, digital sex work, mm-hmm. and I was wondering what would you advise someone that wants to mm-hmm. get into it? It's like, what are mm-hmm. first steps that you can take? First of all, don't start on OnlyFans. <laughs> because, uh, amen. <laughs> OnlyFans do not respect sex workers, neither do they give us the credit, and they literally always sideline us. Like, for example, the recent ban on pornography, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that? Sex workers make up 90% of their money. 10% like fitness instructors in that small minority. <laughs> yeah, uh, and most of them are sex workers. And so for them to just be like, fuck you, we're going to kick you out, means that it fucks with our well-being and it fucks with our money as well, you know, because we don't have a job. Mm -hmm. It's a financial threat. Exactly. It's a threat as well in general, you know. So I would not advise anyone to start an OnlyFans despite the hype around it 
You should definitely start a sex worker platform created by and for sex workers, because then you know that your well-being and your money is not at threat. You know, and when not having one day a company being like, "Oh, I'm going to kick you out now." Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you have the stability, which is so important, like any other job. So just stick with the sex worker platform. Start there. Build your fan base there. And then, yeah, it would grow. Honestly, with time and a lot of marketing, a lot of effort, it's gonna grow as long as you put it the work that it needs. And our last question, Ooh. yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. we always um, like mm-hmm. at the end of all our co- content mm-hmm. on Studio Fire Games, we put some food mm-hmm. for thoughts or an open question, mm-hmm. so that the listener or the reader or just the visitor on the website yeah. can have something to think about afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, do you have any food for thoughts? Oh, oh. <laughs> um, to make it short and simple. Yeah, take the list you know, out. <laughs> take the list out. Respect sex workers, pay sex workers, accept sex work, and let's fucking get rid of the stigma and the stereotype and actually move forward to support sex workers by signing petitions of decriminalization, by talking to sex workers, by sharing their stories, not stealing it, sharing their stories and amplifying their voices, you know? Mm-hmm. And recognize the credit that sex workers have. Because if it wasn't for sex workers, then we wouldn't have gay rights. There wouldn't be any Stonewall, you know? So sex workers are the pioneers of many things, of digital work, of literally like camming, of internet access. Everything is because of sex workers, you know? And so, yeah, respect us, pay us, fight for our right. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. as simple as that. Yeah, As simple as that. It's not that <laughs> difficult. And educate yourself, honestly. Educate yourself is the most important thing. And when we end the stigma, we can get one step closer to decriminalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Preach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. that was it. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. a pleasure to uh, have this podcast (laughs) with you. No, honestly, Uh it was so, like, I feel like I took so much from Mm -hmm. uh, what we talked about Mm -hmm. and you were inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Thank you guys.